0: Pastor Tom and Shelby are uh, on spring break. How many know uh, recreation is recreation? Amen. Recreation is recreation. They got away. Stephen stayed behind. Uh, he has baseball. And uh, I was so blessed to see him up on the base, you know. I mean, it touches my heart to see the pastor's kids on the base or you know, playing the, what do we call them? Different things, but involved in ministry. And... uh Going on with God. Touches my heart. Amen. Touches my heart. Uh, praise God. Uh, get Connected is coming up. i just touch on that for just a moment as well. That's where we uh, kind of go behind the scenes on what goes on around here. And in the past, I've taught on uh, uh, some of the ways we're structured, what goes on here, and kind of our government, some things like that. Uh, and then it's open to answer questions. Pastor Tom will uh, have one evening in there as well. Uh, very informative. Gives you a chance to get to know us in a deeper way uh, and connect with the vision that we have going on here. So I encourage you to sign up for that. And then we had uh, someone uh, attempting to give us $100,000. $100,000 and we're going to receive it. Amen? <laughs> we're going to receive that. And here was the thing. They said, uh, it's $100,000 matching fund. 90 days. If you raise 100000 in 90 days, this party will match it. Pay. Hey, we can believe God for that. Now, <clears throat> you know, I, re- I don't know yet what I'm going to give. I'm waiting on God for it. I know He'll speak, and it'll be above my tithes. And... Uh, It'll be in my offering realm. And I don't know. I know when he usually speaks to me, it involves faith. It's a little more than what I would have thought up myself. <laughs> but it's a great opportunity. And every time, But you know, here's the thing. Uh, God dropped a word in my heart uh, to help a fellow go to Australia. And I'm still believing God for that amount to come in uh, to help him go from Canada to uh, Australia. And then this great opportunity came along. Isn't that the way it always works? It is. That's the way in my life. When something comes up and I'm challenged, it's at a time where well, this thing's going to have to be God because uh, the amount he's going to speak to me is the amount that I don't have in the natural, but God will supernaturally provide, and then he blesses me with a harvest out of it. I mean, isn't that something? he puts a word in my heart. I respond. He has to provide what he put in my heart, and then he gives me a harvest on, on top of that. You can't go wrong with that deal. So some have asked about it, and if you write out a check, just put somewhere a notice on there that it's for this building fund, okay? So we have that separated, so we know. 90 days, so uh, we've been into this just a couple of weeks, and uh, pray and obey. That's what I'm going to do, just uh, pray and obey, hallelujah. If you're with us uh, this morning and you do not own a Bible, we would like to give you a Bible. We believe it's very important that we be in the Word, that we know the Word, and we apply the Word to our lives. very important that we do that. Years ago, my uh, my dad and some young fellows, they were teenagers, they managed to somehow catch this vulture. And the one kid had the vulture by the legs and the neck, you know. And that vulture regurgitated up some yucky yellow stuff, all over his hand, and he, he was not long in letting go of the vulture. And then it stained his hand, it stayed on his hand for some time, and, and the smell was noticeable for some time on the kid's hand. Oh, you know, when the devil grabs you by the throat and you confess the word, to him it's just like that vulture puking on that guy. I mean, He will not hang on long to you when you're confessing the Word. He will not hang on long. But you can't confess that Word unless you first put it in your heart. Well, you can't remember something that you don't know. So let's get in the Word. Let's be people of the Word. Amen. And watch it transform our lives. Amen. A new way of thinking and a new way of living through the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, let's stand this morning and let's make a very important confession together. Hallelujah. Wave it up there and say this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. I have an open mind and a teachable spirit and a teachable spirit. (laughs) Come on. And from this moment forward, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you would, I'd appreciate you stretching your hands towards me. And say, Holy Ghost, amen. dial him in. In Jesus' name, amen. Last month, I awakened early in the morning, and 4.30 or so, and uh proverbs twenty four sixteen okay, it was the morning of the twenty fourth and proverbs twenty four sixteen uh, came to my my mind and and some thoughts concerning this it just fell into place and I was thinking about it just uh, I called it uh, turning defeat into success or you could call it four reasons for failure, but it so dropped in my heart I thought I was probably going to be uh, he was putting it in my heart to uh, preach down in Oregon uh, in a few weeks. But uh, then Tom uh, said, do you feel like you have a word? And I said, well, God has put a word in my heart. I call this kind of a nuts and bolts um, message. How many of you know every once in a while we need to tighten up some nuts and bolts a little bit? Well, uh, sometimes you really get the preach on you. Sometimes you get a little more of the teach side on you. But I really felt like God dropped this in my heart. Proverbs twenty four sixteen. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. The righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. You know, the Bible continually warns us of failure. And one of the things we need to really get in our heart concerning failure is that it's not irrevocable, It's not irreversible, it's not permanent, and it's not final. You need to get that settled in your heart. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Greek word is harmitia, which simply means to miss the mark. So it means every one of us in some way have missed the mark or there's some occasion if we could go back and do it again, we would do it different. Hello? So the Bible says the righteous may fall, but if you do, the righteous thing to do is to rise again. That's the righteous thing to do. The unrighteous thing is to stay down. Life happens, okay? Life happens. Failures and defeat can happen, okay? Let's look at another scripture that I want to go to. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Very important we look at this. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is, is common to man. Now, where the enemy likes to deceive us is thinking that your situation is unique. You're the only one that this has happened to. Now, this thing is almost bigger than God. It's so unique. But what does the Word say? No temptation has overtaken you, but what is common to man. There's nothing you face that somebody has not already faced it before. And there are people on one side of the road that have stayed down, and there are people with great testimonies who got up and moved on. And their greatest days were still ahead of them. Your greatest days are still ahead of you. Now, something that we really need to recognize uh, when situations happen is that it is an event and not a person. Let me say that again when calamity comes and we make a wrong choice it was an event not a person okay? both Judas and Peter denied the Lord the same day Peter denied him three times the Bible says he even threw in some cuss words for emphasis okay? both denied the Lord the same day Peter repented and his best days were still ahead I mean, I mean you realize that okay And not only did Peter repent, but Judas could have repented. But he didn't, and that was his demise. The end is not because you fell. The end is you didn't rise up, okay? And the righteous will rise up, and your best days will still be found to be ahead of you. Amen? Let's look at Proverbs 13, verse 12, okay? Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred, makes the heart sick but desire realized is a tree of life okay there are disappointments there are hurts that happen but the Bible says that they are not irreversible okay and that when the desire comes and it will come if you get up it's a tree of life it's a tree of life let's remember Noah got drunk David committed adultery. Paul killed Christians. Jeremiah got so discouraged, he quit. The King James says, I want a place for wayfaring travelers in the desert. Like, you know, he wanted to go to Arizona and open a hotel or something. He said, I quit, okay? Elijah ran from Jezebel. Abraham compromised Hagar. Isaac lied about his wife. Zechariah didn't believe the angel Gabriel's report, okay? But every one of them got up, and great days were still in front of them. Whatever situation has overtaken you, it's not unique to just you. It's common to man. Common to man, okay? If, if we will simply believe God and respond to his call, the greatest days are still in front of every one of us. Amen? Turning defeat to success, or four reasons for failure. I was thinking about uh, Joshua. Moses has just died, and Joshua has been selected now to be the leader. And he's terrified. He's terrified. Some people would think, wow, what an awesome situation, what a position, you know, what an opportunity, but that's not what he was thinking. He was thinking of the incredible responsibility of over 2 million stiff-necked people. <laughs> Hello? Okay. He was thinking, what am I going to do? I mean, this whole thing is a supernaturally sustained. Okay? I mean, it's been a supernatural thing from the get-go. Moses has been their leader for 40 years. They're going to expect the same kind of ministry from me. I mean, let's remember, Moses was the guy that parted the Red Sea. He was the one that went up on the mountain. They said, you go up and talk to him. We we don't want to have anything to do with that. He went up and brought down the Ten Commandments. He's the one that God spoke to, as it were, face to face. And their relationship was so close that there were times his face so glowed, they said, hey, put a veil over your face. We cannot handle this, dude. This is scary. Okay? His his encounters with God were phenomenal. So now Joshua is taking over this situation. And he knows to follow in Moses' footsteps is no easy situation. He's going to have to have God. And three times in one chapter, God says, Do not be dismayed or afraid. Do not be dismayed or afraid. Do not be dismayed or afraid. Why was God telling him that? Because he was dismayed and afraid. (laughs) Dismayed and afraid. But God's answer to him was, Okay, let's move out. I mean, just shortly after he took it, he said, let's move out and let's take the promised land. Let's go get it. Go get it. So they come to the Jordan River, and the waters miraculously part. And they walk across on dry land. Woo, miracle. Hey, awesome. They come to Jericho. They march around Jericho. They shout. The walls come down. Woo, Miracle okay miracle so now I, i'm pretty sure he's starting to get the handle of this leadership thing okay he's he's seeing god's god's with him you know it, it, it's going well He's getting a little more comfortable with this whole thing and then when he least expected it failure hit failure hit they came to the city of ai they sent spies up to the city and the spies came back and said you know we don't need to send a whole army 3,000, we'll take care of it easily. And let's go get them. Let's go kick some booty and, and come back. So they go up to Ai, and they're defeated. And they're chased all the way down to the quarries, and 36 men are killed. 36 men are killed. And Joshua is crushed. He's crushed. And feelings of failure and disappointment are rolling over him like tidal waves. And he says, God, if we had just been content to stay on the other side, if we'd have just been content to remain on the other side of Jordan, I mean, it wasn't wasn't great over there, but it was okay. We were safe over there. If we'd just been content to stay where we were. Have, Have any of you ever entertained those thoughts? Uh, you you endeavored to stretch your tent pegs out. You endeavored to believe God for more. And an unexpected situation came. Some, some type of apparent failure, if not real failure, hit you. I've met, I preached in churches that way. Years ago, they tried to expand, and something happened, and now they've camped on the other side of the Jordan. It's not great, but it's okay. And they're safe there. I've met individuals that way. I've had opportunities to do that myself. We've all entertained some of those thoughts. In fact, let's look over to Joshua chapter 7 and verse 4. Let's, let's read through this. So 3,000 men went up and then fled in defeat before the men of Ai. Next verse. The six, and the men of Ai killed 36, chased them from the city gate as far as the quarries, killing them at the descent. Now look at this. And the heart of the people sank. All spirit knocked out of them you ever had the Spirit just knocked out of you? All Spirit knocked out of them. Next verse, please. And Joshua ripped his clothes and fell on his face to the ground before the chest of God. He and the leaders, throwing dirt on their heads, prostrate until evening. And Joshua said... I I like this translation. Can you grab the pain in his heart? Joshua said, Oh, oh, oh. Master God, why did you insist on bringing this people across the Jordan? To make us victims of the Amorites? To wipe us out? Why didn't we just settle down on the east side of the Jordan? Verse 8. Oh, Master, what can I say after this? After Israel has been run off by its enemies? Verse 9. And when the Canaanites and all the others living here get wind of this, they'll gang up on us and make short work of us, and then how will you keep your reputation, okay? What's he doing? He's blaming God. God, why didn't you come through? God, where were you at? You promised. Why didn't you come through? Okay, look at verse 10. And God said to Joshua, get up. Why are you groveling? What a comforting word from God. Well, I mean, isn't that just the word you need? <laughs> Throwing dirt all over yourself and ripping your clothes and just crying and groaning. And God says, get up. Why are you groveling? <laughs> Go to the next, verse 11. Israel has sinned. They've broken the covenant. I commanded them. They've taken forbidden plunder, stolen, and then covered up the theft, squirreling it away with their own stuff. Verse 12 and the people of Israel can no longer look their enemies in the eye they themselves are plunder I can't continue with you if you don't rid yourself of the cursed things Jericho was the first city the first fruits are always God's it's not good to mess with God's fruit and he said everything there's mine don't touch a thing But Achan took some gold and some silver and a beautiful Babylonian garment and he hid it under his tent. And God knew exactly where it was. Four reasons for failure. God says, because you took what was mine, I won't bless you until you deal with that. Okay? And the reason for failure in this situation, was because there was sin in the camp that had to be dealt with. Four reasons for failure. First one is sin. Now, I've got others because it's very often not sin, as we think of sin, but it can be. And if it is, I mean, you know, we need to deal with it. Okay? Four reasons for failure. You know, (coughs) Joshua... (coughs) No, there's probably nothing worse than feeling like you are just an absolute total failure. You ever, you ever had those feelings? Something went wrong and, man, uh, you felt like the worst failure in the world. I had uh, two uh, very good pastor friends. They both had an experience within the same year that was nearly identical. And they had to be away from their church for a short time, and they had set an individual in charge... Probably the wrong choice, but they put the individual in charge. And when they come back, the church was split, and they were brokenhearted. Brokenhearted. Dwayne called on one of the families, you know, trying to reach out to him to see what happened. They they literally spit in his face and called him the devil. And he said, I went out to my car, and he said, I put my head on the steering wheel. And he said, I hurt so bad. He said, I began to just sob and cry like a baby. And he said, God, I quit. My heart is so ripped out. I'm such a failure as a pastor. He said, I quit. I just just quit. And down in his heart, he heard these words rejoice and be exceedingly glad for so they persecuted the prophets before you and great is your reward in heaven what was his response he cried even more because that word was not particularly comforting either right at that time okay now i went down to see the other fella in idaho and called on him did all i could to encourage him but brother, you've got your eyes on these that have left, and they probably would have abandoned you sometime down the road anyway. And here you have this faithful group that still has faith in you, but he got his eyes on that. He's still hiding someplace in the mountains of Idaho. And he's still throwing ashes on himself every time he thinks about that, and still living in the past in failure. The other fellow is pastoring a church of about 10,000, and... Established over 30 churches, and their their missions budget for that church every year is over $12 million. Just their missions budget. One did the righteous thing and got up, and his greatest days were ahead of him. One could have done the righteous thing and got up, and the greatest days will not be realized unless he does one day get up. The righteous thing to do is to get up. Now, in Joshua's case, God's word was deal with the sin. Just deal with the sin. Okay? Like, let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Okay? If, it's, if that's the issue, here's, this is what to do. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, if it's a sin issue, if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. With that, let's look over at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. You got that one? He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. Okay. Hey. Now, you know what our problem with that is? Human nature doesn't like to do that, okay? Human nature, it's somebody else's fault. Remember when Adam and Eve fell and God came into the garden? And God said, what happened here? And Adam's response was, well, the woman that you gave me, she gave me to eat. Like, what could I do? No, it's her fault and your fault. The woman said, it's the snake's fault. It's the snake's fault. The human, the human way is the wrong way. God's way is to simply confess our sins. Say, God, I've sinned, forgive me. And he will forgive and cleanse and restore. That's God's way. Okay? So, but now to biblically repent, we must confess and accept our guilt, our responsibility. Our responsibility in it. Let's own up to it and God will forgive okay means we go God's way and not the human way remember years ago uh at Bible school uh <laughs> they were really gifted and they were uh, on staff and uh, uh in music and uh various things and uh Dean felt like God had said it's time you know to get a motor home and go on the road and they were really gifted preaching singing and all of that and uh so they did, and they were out there for about three months, and he realized, you know what? This is not God. This is not God. So he did the God thing. He came back to Sister Lindsay and humbled himself. Sister Lindsay, you know, this is not a God thing. So they, they bring him back on staff, but now he's standing in front of 1,200 Bible school students. <laughs> And I'll never forget one of the things he said. I would rather look like a fool than be one. Hey, You know, that's a good word. I would rather look like a fool than be one. Okay? So a few years later, in God's timing, they're out doing the ministry that they envisioned in their heart and much more. Because they did it a God way. Okay? Which brings me to the second reason for failure. Okay? David goes down to retrieve the ark. The ark had been in the enemy's camp, and a severe case of hemorrhoids broke out on everybody. And they thought, you know, the thing we need to do is get rid of this ark. So they put it on a cart, a couple of milk cows left their young, and went back into the land of Israel. So David comes down to get the ark, and they build a new cart. I bet it's a beautiful cart. And they put the Ark on the cart, and they begin to take it back up to Zion. And there is a huge amount of rejoicing and celebration going on in the camp as the Ark is now being moved back up to Jerusalem. And the oxen stumble. The cart shifts, tilts some way. Uzzah reaches out to steady the Ark, and he is knocked dead. The party's over. Okay? I mean, he is dead. And everything comes to a stop. And David is stunned. His friend Uzzah is dead. He becomes afraid of God. He removes himself as far as he can from the ark, leaves it there, and goes back up to Jerusalem. But he does a wise thing. He starts reading the Bible. You know, that's a good thing to do when things are going wrong. Search the Scriptures, okay? (laughs) So he searches the Scriptures, and three months later, he goes back down to get the ark. But this time when he goes down, he takes four Levites and two poles because he found that's the Bible way to move the ark. The ark is to be moved on the shoulders of four Levites with two poles carrying along. So he goes and he gets the ark, and then they successfully take it back up to Jerusalem. Now listen, David was doing the will of God the first time. He was just doing it the wrong way. He was doing the will of God just the wrong way. He didn't have the right information. Hosea 6.4 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. He didn't have the right wisdom. Okay? Sometimes we fail when we have the right heart, but we're attempting to do the right thing the wrong way. Sometimes we fail to properly wait on God and get some godly wisdom before we launch out. You know, part of uh, uh, working with the Spirit is waiting on the Spirit. Waiting on the Spirit. And David learned to wait on the Spirit. You remember Saul, he didn't have time to wait on the Spirit. And then when he was caught, he had all kinds of excuses. Wrong way wrong outcome. David, David was quick to repent for the things he did. He got up, and he had the right outcome, okay? So this time, when he gets the ark, they take it up to Zion, and this is an incredible thing that happens. Instead of putting it in the tabernacle of Moses, he now has a word from God, and he establishes the tabernacle of David, and the tabernacle of David was different from the tabernacle tabernacle of Moses because uh, in the tabernacle of Moses you had the sacrifice of animals going on all the time in the tabernacle of David you now had the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the psalm that uh, Keith read today came out of the tabernacle of David, most of the psalms worship songs were written at the tabernacle of David, he had a 24-7 choir that went on all the time, that's where the prophetic word began to come, the prophetic uh, song of the Lord was found there, all these wonderful things that happened and God enjoyed that so much that he says in Acts chapter 15 around 16, he said, Behold, in the last days I will build again the tabernacle of David. Amen. Woohoo. David got up, and his best days were still ahead. There, there is a right way and there's a wrong way of doing things in the kingdom of God. I have met people who thought their thought their plan was so great that God would be obligated to bless it. I had some friends in Bible school and they felt called uh, to Africa. I really believe they were. I have no doubt about that. And about a year out of uh, Bible school, they called and were on our way to Africa. Well, I felt it was uh, not the timing, but you know, if God's in it, you'll get there. So we're on our way to Africa. <clears throat> You know, I think what they did was something Tom referred to a few weeks back. God starts to tell us something, and we finish the sentence for him. I I, I saw a guy in the mirror this morning that's done that a time or two. God (laughs) starts to say, they heard Africa. Africa. But what God was saying was, get serious now to make preparations to go to Africa, because not only is it going to take time for preparations, but God has to also prepare things in Africa for you, too. Hello? There has to be a platform for you to stand on when you get there. They heard Africa, and they finished the sentence for God. Well, God didn't bless their plan. And the results of it were tragic. Tragic. And all they had to have done was done like Dean and come back and humble themselves and said, you know what? I think this has been our plan. And everybody would have reached out and grabbed them. Their their best days would have been ahead of them, but they refused to get up because the way to get up sometimes is to get down and humble yourself. Hello? In the way up, down, and to humble themselves, okay? Third reason for failure. Ecclesiastes 9, and I think around verse 12, talks about uh, times and chance happened to everyone. Times and chance happened to everyone. The prophet Elijah had gone to the king, and he had said there'll be no, no rain or dew until you hear from me again. So we're talking a severe famine. No rain or even dew until you hear from me again. So he went up by the brook Cherith, and God sustained him there supernaturally. And the brook dried up and then God sent him up to Zarephath and he said, I've got a widow set aside up there. Uh, I want you to hook up with this widow. So he gets up to Zarephath and finds this little widow and he asks for a drink of water and on the way in to get a drink of water, he says, and on your way, he said, make a little cake for me for something to eat. And she says, well, uh, I have just enough cake and oil to bake a little cake for my son and I and we were going to eat that and die. And he said, Whoops, wrong widow, okay? No, that's what I would have said. <laughs> okay, it wasn't her fault that she was a widow. It wasn't her fault she was uh, out of meal and out of oil. Times that she were living in, the famine had impacted the whole land and it had impacted her as well. Impacted her as well. There can be things that affect you and I that were absolutely no fault of our own. And how we handle those situations determines success or failure. When the opportunity came and the prophet said, Well, go ahead and bake me a cake first, she heard the voice of the Lord behind the word. She heard the voice behind the voice and she responded and baked him a cake first and then God supernaturally sustained her during the time of that famine okay she heard the voice behind the voice and she responded to that she did not look at the circumstances but she honored God she she believed God incredible that's an incredible story how many know we are not we are not in the great depression Hello, (laughs) you know, I pastored people uh, beginning 30 years ago, and most of them have gone on to be with the Lord now. Now, folks, they were in a depression. I mean, that was a real severe (laughs) depression. I've met people that are still scarred from that, you know, older people. (laughs) But those that were givers just kept right on giving. And some of the testimonies they shared with me about how, you know, God miraculously provided and how God... uh, in some ways did what he did for the little widow lady, things that should have ran out, didn't run out. And the miracles of God, you know, when things are adverse, running to God, not from God, is always the answer. When things are going contrary and is no fault of your own, don't blame God. Look to God. Honor God. God, 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 first always first if it's a sin problem hey he's your answer healing forgiveness restoration if you lack wisdom James 5 if any man lack wisdom ask of me I'll give liberally and upbraideth not if it's a situation where everything's gone contrary and you don't understand it go to God he'll give you grace for it and wisdom for it and bless you amen amen the fourth reason for failure my final one my fourth reason for failure sometimes it's a demonic attack okay sometimes it's a demonic attack john 10:10 the thief cometh but to steal kill and destroy but i have come that you might have life and life more abundantly now there's the mission statement for the devil he's come to steal kill and destroy that's his mission statement but I have come that you might have life and, and life more abundantly. Twice the apostle Paul said, we wanted to come to you and we tried again and again, but Satan hindered us. We wanted to come to you and we tried again and again, but Satan hindered us. Okay? Look at, look at uh, Peter, if we could. First Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour notice the word may he can't go around just gobbling up whomever he wants to he's looking to see him who see who he may devour well as for me he may not okay and okay now what's the bible say it tells us we need to know and understand the schemes or the wiles of the devil and we also need to have some understanding of the weapons of our warfare to enforce the victory that Christ ha- has won. He's a defeated enemy. I remember uh, years ago, thought about this this morning with the pastor uh, John Osteen. It had a dream, and in the dream there was this uh, this devil, and uh, he had some younger devils, and they were out going through the neighborhood training these younger younger devils in this dream, and. And uh, going to see who's, wh- whose house they could go into and raise havoc. And so they came by uh, uh, Pastor Tom Field's house. And the little de- devils there saying, okay, let's go in that house. That looks like a great house. And the old mature devil, he said, grabbed him by the neck and he said, I myself have been in that home and I'm still in recovery from it. Okay? <laughs> hey, we have weapons of our warfare. Now, on the one hand, in the church, we, we act like, well, the devil doesn't, doesn't exist. On the other hand, we've, we've got him set up almost like he's next thing to God. He's not. He's a defeated foe. The Bible says that one day we'll look down in the pit, and we're going to say, that, we allowed that thing to bring such havoc in the world? That thing, for crying out loud? Okay, but there is a very real adversary. Okay, and sometimes he hinders the work of the Lord. That's where we need to have discernment, and uh, we need to come against him. Okay, praying with a brother this morning, he was praying. He said, uh, uh, "We dismiss, we dismiss the assignment of the devil against the garden." Hey, that's right. We do. We dismiss your assignment in Jesus' name. Now there was a young fellow. His name was John Mark. And he had a tremendous opportunity to go on the mission field with the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Barnabas. And on their mission journey, they met severe persecution stirred up by the devil. And their lives were very much in danger. And John Mark bails out and goes home. Have you ever, have you ever uh, quit something? and as you walked away from it in your heart, you're thinking, that's a terrible feeling. I shouldn't have done that. You know, and probably he carried the look he had from the Apostle Paul for a long ways too. So I'm sure on the way home, he's thinking, you know what? I, I, I'm a failure. I blew my opportunity. What a chance. I blew my chance. You know, I met a lot of... Uh, yeah, quite a few over the years usually it happens right after they've come out of bible school and they've gotten involved they're young they're immature uh not not as mature and strong as they think they are just because you've been to bible school doesn't make you necessarily ready for everything and and they probably did blow their chance there and they just went and sat down hey god has more than one chance Hey, God has more than one chance, okay? Your best days are still ahead. The righteous thing to do is get up, okay? Quit quit groveling and get up and deal with it and go on with God. Your best days are ahead if you will believe his word and obey his call and his call is always get back up. I will strengthen you. (laughs) I'll lead you from victory to victory. What's the Bible say? We always triumph through Christ Jesus, well we do if we'll get up there will always be triumph through christ jesus so john mark we know he did the righteous thing and he got up he became a leader in the church his day on mission trips came again in fact barnabas selected him to go and and paul was it was the bible says it was no small dissension between them okay i mean barnabas and saul at Barnabas and Paul had no small dissension. And what the devil meant for harm, God meant for good. And Paul took Silas and went one way. And Barnabas uh, uh, took John Mark and went the other way. And now the devil has got uh, double force out on the field against him, okay? And then later, John Mark writes the gospel of Mark that we have today. Why? Because he did the righteous thing. And he got up. And his best days were still ahead of him. Hey, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Now, God told Joshua, deal with the problem. Okay. And after he dealt with the problem, and they dealt with the problem, they called Achan in and all of these donkeys and everybody. And they took Achan, they stoned him, and they burned him and stoned him again. I mean, they were serious about dealing with that problem. And after they dealt with the problem, God said, okay, go back up to Ai. Okay. Go back up. And, and defeat your defeat. Defeat your defeat. Look look at Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Okay? okay? I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting the past, okay, Forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. Now, let's go to verse 14 now, okay? I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hey, isn't that what it's all about? I'm pressing on. I haven't laid hold of all of it yet. But I'm pressing on for the prize of an onward, upward, high calling in Christ Jesus. You know what? In some way or other, I have probably failed In each one of those four areas. But I'm here. I may walk with a limp from some of it. But I'm going forward. My best days are still ahead. There's more and more and more to lay hold of. And I'm going to have it. Say the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Okay. Didn't say they're cheap and easy. But they're yea and amen through Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay. So to. So as Tom has said over and over, to turn defeat into victory, you can't keep looking at the past, okay? You have to see the future that God has for you. We need to have a word from God, believe it, and act upon it, see? And so the Bible says that's exactly what they did. They got up, they went, and they defeated their defeated Ai, destroyed the city. God said, get up, I've given it into your hands. And so they defeated it, and all the plunder that was theirs, they got it, okay? They got it. Because what the devil if you catch the thief, he has to repay sevenfold. So you get a hold of that devil and uh go back to your defeat, defeat it, and get a sevenfold blessing back out of your defeat. Amen? God can do that. Okay. Luke, a couple of scriptures, and I want to close here. Luke chapter one. And uh the angel Gabriel has come to Mary. And in verse thirty seven it says, For nothing will be impossible with God. Literally it, it means not any word. Not any word will be impossible with God. Now He's given her an, an impossible thing: a virgin shall conceive and bear forth a child. And He says, "Not any word is impossible with God." And her response is, "Be it unto me according to Thy word." Be it unto me according to Thy word. Okay. Now in Mark chapter nine, verse twenty-three, Jesus says, "All things are possible to him who believes." All things are possible to him who believes. To him who believes what? To him who believes that all things are possible. To him who believes God's word and will respond to God's word, all things are possible to him who believes. So we, we need a word to quicken us and get us up and going. We need to believe God and act on it. Another scripture. This is one we've referred to once or twice here. Jeremiah 29, 11. But I want to put it up there. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. You know why Pastor Tom mentions that so many times? Because that is a word for you. God put a word in his heart for this church, which is you. And that's a word for you. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. And the first time you, you, you heard it, you hoped it could be, now you're beginning to believe it. Okay? That God has plans for your welfare, not for your calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And faith is coming to believe God, but to believe God and move on, trust me, God does not reach into your past to determine the blessings He's going to give you in your future. Okay? If any... Okay. Wow. The Bible says God renews us day by day, okay? He renews us day by day. The world says a bird with a broken wing cannot uh, ever fly as high. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's true about birds or not, but that's not the word. The word says your highest days are still ahead of you. You, you, you still have blessed days beyond what you can comprehend, and it's not determined by your past, See, so whose report are you going to believe? The world or the word? Your mother-in-law's or the word? I remember one time, there was a, a fella was at church visiting, and I could tell just by seeing, seeing the poor guy was kind of just beat down. You know, one of those kind of guys, just had been beat down. And he waited around and he approached me uh, after nearly everyone had left. <clears throat> and he stuck out his hand and he said hi I'm divorced and my name is John hi I'm divorced my name is John hi I'm bankrupt and my name is Bob hi I'm molested and my name is Sally hi I'm raped my name is Becky hi I'm Events, not people. Events happen. Those things do not identify you. You need to to get that in your heart. Those things do not identify you. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. A new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. New fresh and new those things do not identify you and to move towards your destiny you need to forget the past in fact one more scripture we need to look at this one hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 how much more will the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to god cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living god that's the blood of jesus christ cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God you cannot, you cannot move into your future and serve God the way you want to if you're hindered by, by troubling thoughts of the past allow the blood of Christ to purge your conscience to serve the living God thank you Jesus close with this When Jesus came on the scene, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repent, it's a matanoine. It's a Greek word that involves a decision. There may be emotions, uh, but you can be very emotional and not biblically repent. We can put it this way. Rethink your life because the kingdom of God is at hand. Rethink your life because the kingdom of God is at hand. Rethink your life. See, so there are times, uh, you know, Pastor Tom is always saying, okay, don't do things the way we've done it because that's the way we've always done it. Well, when you've been around as long as I have, sometimes it's, it's uh, <laughs> easy to do the thing and you have to stop and rethink your life. Why? Because God has more for me than what he's had. My best days are still ahead. But to possess that, I have to rethink my life. I have to rethink my life. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. Okay? How does that happen? Through the renewing of my mind. Rethink your life. Okay? Rethink your life. If you're hamstrung from the past, wrong thoughts. You need to rethink your life. God has great days ahead of you. The kingdom of God is at hand right there for you. Doors standing wide open for you to walk through and possess more than you ever had of God. But to do that, we have to rethink our life and be renewed in our thinking by the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Let's all bow our hearts before the Lord for just a moment. Bow your heads. There may be... uh,